Five, four, three, two, one. We're in the pipe. Five by five. This is the Five on Film podcast. Hello and welcome to Five on Film, the podcast where we try and break down the top five in the world of film. I am your host, TK442, aka Ollie Moore, and joining me this week we have Chris 3PO. Oh, ah, till you are silly. And another regular, John Backer. <laughs> and returning guest, uh, R2 Tim2. Good evening, Nerfurgers. And joining us for the first time, we have Toby1 Kenobi. Use the force, Luke. Cool. So um, before we get started and tell you what today's topic is, uh, John, how do we, what are the rules of the game? Right. Okay. Um, well, we're here and uh, what we're going to do, we're going to have three rounds. Uh, we're going to have nomination, elimination and ranking. First, we're each going to nominate a film uh, that we believe deserves to be in the top five and why it should be there. If two or more panellists agree, um, it makes our initial list. And we carry on until we hopefully have seven films. Once we have our seven, we eliminate. Here we decide on two films to actually remove, to, uh, leaving us with the top five. And then finally, we rank them, where we will decide what the definitive top five list will be. Anybody who's uh, watching us on YouTube, uh, you can listen to us on your pod scraper of choice. Uh, being Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any others. If you are listening to us through your pod scraper, you can find us on YouTube, and we are on all the social film podcasts at email at gmail.com. Over to you, Ollie. Brilliant. Thank you, John. Right, let's let's move along. Move along. <laughs> um, so if you haven't guessed already, guys, we're going to do Star Wars today. So we've got 12 um, films to choose from. We've gone for the 12 theatrical released Star Wars movies. Um, so just just before we get started, I just want to kind of go around and see what Star Wars means to you guys. It's personally, it's my favourite series of movies ever. Um, I absolutely loved them kind of growing up as a kid and I've loved them ever since. And, and now I'm getting to enjoy them with my kids as well. Um, so, Tony, Tony, what, what does Star Wars mean to you? What does Star Wars mean to me? Well, my first memory of Star Wars was watching it on ITV with my auntie when I was four or five years old. It was near, like around Christmas time and eating a, a Terry's chocolate orange with her. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess it just reminds me of my childhood. And, you know, I guess most young men kind of uh, around our age, when they first seen it, kind of um, the scene with Luke looking over the twin sons of Tantooine kind of... I thought you were going to just mention a Princess Leia Gold Bikini thing then, but no, go on. <laughs> well, yes, I did enjoy that as well. But um, I, Princess Leia was the first girl I ever fell in love with. So as, you know, five-year-old, I wanted her to be my girlfriend. So, but no, the, you know, the looking to the horizon, to the, to the sunset, that's kind of, um, you know, the Not future. Not knowing what the future holds and that hope and that. Yeah. Uh, Tim, Tim, what about you? Um, so, yeah, I'm of an age where... Uh, I think I was, I'm definitely original trilogy. So yeah, I think I, like most of us, I was aware of Star Wars long before I ever saw the movie because um, I grew up in a time with no cinema. Um, so, but George Lucas is a merchandising genius. Uh, Star Wars toys were everywhere, Star Wars t-shirts were everywhere. So I knew who all these characters were. And then it was finally, it's going to come on ITV at Christmas. 
I think there was like a six month build up, so I finally get to see Star Wars. Star Wars is just, I think, because everyone my age and everyone I know has watched it about a thousand times. It's like the common mythology of our generation. We all know everything. We all reference all these things. We all try to think of a comparison for today's generation, but they don't have one because they're not lucky like us. Um, so yeah, I love Star Wars. Uh, uh, I have can, can I interject there? My girlfriend, who's 10 years or 14 years younger than me, Harry Potter for her generation. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. Nice little uh, Actually, yeah, my in there of your girlfriend's age there, Tony. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Tony. Humble brag. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. <laughs> Be my girlfriend. Um, um, yeah, is a death I, stick. So yes, I love Star Wars. Long forever saw it. And when I saw it, I was blown away because I think like a lot of us, I grew up in a small town with not much going on. And this the character of Luke is growing up in this was a moisture farm on the middle of Tatooine and he there's like stormtroopers on the streets and he dreams of going off and joining the rebellion and yeah like little boy doesn't Chris what about you um I uh I'm of an age where um I was born before Return of the Jedi but far too young to see it in the cinema my experience is much like Tim and Tony's uh where I first saw it on ITV and bank holidays and Christmas and I think I was it? I believe they released uh, one film every year over three Christmases, and then they just kind of churned them out after that. So I do. I have very fond memories of visiting family and friends' houses over Christmas, and the film was just on whilst I was playing and with my cousins or with my friends. I had a lot of the the toys and the figures, uh, so that's kind of my strongest uh, connection when I was really young. And then uh, obviously when the special editions came out in the mid mid to late nineties. They re-released the films in the cinema and I was able to go see them then. And it just rekindled my love of Star Wars. And it, I hadn't really thought about it, but maybe I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Ollie. And I, it's probably the thing I cherish the most um, as a, a series um, in, in film. John, what do you think? I I appreciate it, and yes, this is the um, this is the uh, film that I grew, these are the films that I grew up the mythology I grew up with probably helped to get me into the whole sci-fi um, genre. I am as old as Star Wars. Uh, I am a '77 baby. Again, the first time I would have seen it would be would have been on ITV, um, our first uh, video recorder. Our top loader. Um, I think I wore the tape out over the first uh, on the first attack of the Carillion cruiser or the Carillion Corvette. Usually, I got to the bit where they la- where the droids got out the uh, skate pods and then went, "Yeah, it's boring for the next twenty minutes," and turned it off. Uh, <laughs> I was young. I was very blasphemy. Um, but but the thing the thing is, I. Um, it, it, it made a real impression on me and that and like I say I wore the VHS tape out on that bit because it was so exciting it's what I wanted to see it's the bit I kept going back to and it's such a heck of an opening and I have to say the recording quality was terrible and I still and I still kept what I still kept watching it as time's gone on it's it's like an old friend and it's something that keeps being revisited sometimes the old friends uh, does something you don't like <laughs> um sometimes the old friend is um you want to go out for a drink with them sometimes the old friend you just want to go uh not this time 
I think I think you I think you remember the good bits and you just kind of go yeah maybe not on the on the bad bits, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same as all you guys. I, I'd have first watched them VHS recordings off ITV. My, my grandparents uh, uh, they they recorded them all off the uh, ITV for us. Uh, I, I was born in '83, so the year uh, Return of the Jedi came out. So I didn't get to see them at the cinema until the special editions came out. But um, I had older cousins who had seen them at the cinema and. They had lots of the action figures and I've got an older brother as well. And he had some of the action figures. So by the time my older cousins had grown up um, and no longer played with toys, I was five and had the, the largest collection of Star Wars <laughs> spaceships and huge, like so many kind of Hoth rebel troopers. It was untrue. Um, so I usually, that's what I did. I had Hoth battles like all the time because I just had so many of them. So my, my loot, Skywalker in Hoth fatigues. He, he was my favourite character because he had the biggest army that he could kind of control. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've, I've loved it since I, I could kind of sit and watch the TV, basically. Um, so yeah, here we are, a, a, a film series that's kind of inspired a huge generations of filmmakers. It's inspired me to kind of want to work in the media. I'm sure it has some of you guys as well. Um, let's get into it. So Tony, as, as it's your first time at Fight Club, um, yeah. <laughs> you have to fight. Which is uh, a Star Wars film that you think absolutely has to make our top five best Star Wars movies ever? Okay, I've prepared for this. So, excuse me while I move my alcohol. <laughs> Star Wars. So we're going to start at the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the middle. In the middle. <laughs> I was, it did light up until about 20 seconds ago when I knocked it. Anyway, there we go, Star Wars. Um, yeah, definitely, it's what started all, isn't it? So I think it needs to be on there. Um, generated my love of cinema, um, film and television of, of all kinds. So, Which bits in particular do you think stand out for you? What, what's, what makes this movie better than or your favourite in comparison to some other Star Wars movies? Luke Skywalker's always been my favourite character, I guess, because I can relate. I feel I can relate to him the most. Um, you know, the attack on the Death Star, uh, the trench run, you know, it's iconic. And I guess it's where you're introduced to, a, you know, a plethora of iconic characters as well. Everyone knows who Han Solo is and Darth Vader, you know, arguably the greatest bad guy in cinema history, right? And Everyone. his entrance, his entrance as well, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, lightsabers, blasters, you know, walking carpets. <laughs> the cantina. Yeah. Tim, what do you think? Should Star Wars uh, Episode Four: A New Hope make it to the top five Star Wars films? Nah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. It's, of course it has to. It's Star Wars. It is Star Wars. The rest are all sequels, prequels. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. I think George Lucas just managed to tap into just what a six-year-old boy wants to see it in movies. Um, you know, it's the hero, you know, it's also talk about him studying the hero's journey and all that. Yes, you got the light working. It is that dream of adventure of like leaving your kind of safe, quiet, boring lifestyle and going off and joining the rebellion, storming the bad guy's castle, rescuing rescuing the beautiful girl and getting a shiny medal at the end. Yeah, and Darth Vader. Like Darth Vader. He's not written very well. He's just a guy walks in. But the design of that character, the casting of Dave Prowse, the voice of James Earl Jones, he walks in, you know he's the bad guy. I mean, you know he's the worst bad guy in cinema history. Like, lots of other movies tried to 
do something similar. Like I'm thinking of you, Kroll, but no one else got it. No one got this. They're just uh, cheap launch- imitations, aren't they? Yeah, launching an innocent young boy into a fantasy world of adventure. Um, yeah, I love Kroll, don't me wrong. Big Kroll fan, but yeah, Star Wars is the Mac Daddy all-time GOT. Chris, a new hope. It's it's a given, really. Um, where would we be without uh, Star Wars um, and the thousands of poor imitations that uh, followed? Uh, some were good uh, and some were pretty awful, um, but it just it, it changed cinema forever and changed us. I I think it changed me anyway. Yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't say no. Wonderful. John? This is the no-brainer because it, it, it is the beginning. I mean, um, it, it's, I'm not going to pretend it's perfect. <gasps> no, it's not perfect. But in saying that, it, it pushes all the buttons in all the right places at all the right times. I mean, in fact, the escape from the, de- the, the TIE fighter attack on the, the escape of the Death Star is probably one of the most exciting moments because at least when you when you get to the attack on the um, Death Star at the end with the X wings and the Y wings, and the A uh, no there weren't any A wings in this one. You know they're going into battle, but the, the escape from the Death Star is actually you you don't know what's going to happen. You want them to escape. It, it you actually don't know, and you've got. Han and Luke shoot, uh, shooting the um, quad cannons uh, and missing and and much smaller Scandal. fighters fight. Yeah, much, don't get cocky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it kind it kind of it really gets your emotions going. I mean the the walking through the desert and bits like that. I and there's um I find I also find um some of the the Obi Wan Kenobi bits need to be there, but they're a bit long. Well, that's because he's an old man and he doesn't move as fast as Ewan McGregor. <laughs> the, it introduced me to the idea of self-sacrifice for, for a greater cause. And yeah, um, yeah, it, it just has, it has to be on. May I add something? The, de- the, 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 the trench scene of the X-Wing fighters being chased by the TIE fighters is one of the most tense scenes in cinema. I feel like it's on par with Hitchcock. The tension, the cutting and the editing that George Lucas and, and- did. The, f- the first run on the, the, the um, down the trench, it, it doesn't work. It didn't happen. It's like, oh, God. And, and they're losing X-Wings left, right and centre, aren't they? Yeah. You, you yeah. don't know. That's, that's not a given that they're going to... Porkins! <laughs> <laughs> I need to reach yeah. my pork pie! Go on, Tim, sorry. Yeah, it's like, I have you now. He's like, Darth Vader's got him in the sight. He's it's going beep, beep, beep. He's lined up yeah. and then Han, yeah. floats, Han flies out of the sun in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but even yeah. even the bit where Luke suddenly decides to turn off the targeting computer, he's kind of, mm. he, he, hearing Ben in his in his ear for the first time, and then he, he, just, he just kind of turns off his targeting. Goes, What's he playing at? But he's kind of the it's just um, the complete faith that he can do it, and it's like he's like targeting one rats back home. Um, and it, uh, yeah, Beggars Canyon. Beggars Canyon, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I, I I totally agree, Tony. Yeah, A New Hope is is definitely one of the best five Star Wars movies. Um, for me, the bits that I love in this movie and in other Star Wars movies is is the kind of when when you get a huge collection of aliens and there's there's so much to kind of see in the background. So it's the cantina scene for me where we meet Han Solo and we, we meet Chewbacca for the first time. And and just every 
inch of the screen is covered by like the most bizarre and weird looking aliens. I mean, a lot of them were just kind of off the peg masks that were kind of like tarted up a bit, but it, it doesn't matter because the, the world that George Lucas created, that, that lived in kind of broken, battered world at the other end of the galaxy somewhere, just looked so and felt so real to me. Um, it, I, I felt like it could exist somewhere like out there in, 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 our, our, in our galaxy or another galaxy somewhere, a galaxy far, far away. So I, I, was, I totally bought into that. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of loved it so much. Interestingly, George Lucas never felt that this movie was finished. He, he felt like he kind of ran out of time and just kind of had to abandon, abandon it. He, he didn't get to um, see it visualised how, how he originally kind of wanted it to. So go on, John. Well, I'm ju- just... Uh... Uh, just on that, George Lucas was under such stress. The end, um, a lot of the shots weren't finished. Mm. I mean, um, the bit with the Tuscan Raider after he's um, at- uh, attacked Luke and he lifts the um, his stick above his head and and he's doing this. That was done in the edit because it, it basically end the the shot ended. They rolled there. it backwards and forwards, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they ended up rolling the vi- they ended up rolling the film in the edit suite. Because it just there was no end to that, there was no proper ending to that shot. So there was an awful lot of talented people who worked on who worked on that film to make it get to where it needed to be. So. George Lucas um, hired all the crew from two thousand and one. George Lucas was only twenty six when he made this movie. He shot it in London. It's mad, isn't it? So yeah. so they they kind of called him kid. And yeah, like you say, it really stressed him out. And that's why he didn't direct The Empire Strikes Back. That's why he didn't direct Return of the Jedi. And he didn't direct anything again until uh, The Phantom Menace, I believe. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my old concept when working on the film in Pinewood had no faith in it at all. I thought it was just some... No, I thought it was mad. And, and, and particularly rude to him as the doing, yeah, young American director. Who is this guy telling us what to do? Um, yeah, he, he didn't particularly enjoy his experience of it. Um, and actually, when he saw the first cut without music, it was really like disheartened and really disappointed in it. it. It wasn't until he got John Williams' score on it that he actually thought, oh, maybe this m- might be all right. Luckily for him, uh, the only person who did have faith in it was Alec Guinness, who thought it was shite, but thought it would make money. So he negotiated <laughs> with George Lucas, I think it was two and a half percent of his royalties as fee. Wow. And has his estate has earned $90 million, I think. From Star Wars. <laughs> that's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely well, mad. I, well, then he spent the rest of his career slagging it off and saying how he was like a silly fairy tale. He used to get annoyed with kids coming up to him like wanting autographs, didn't he? Alec Guinness. Yeah, I think it was my mother that said, uh, oh, my son's seen Star Wars 60 times and he's like, why do you want to waste his life like that? There's the other story about the kid who went up to Alec, uh, someone went up to Alec Guinness and said, can I have an autograph? I, I, I love the film. And he turns around and said, I'll give you the autograph if you never watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I would like to say about Star Wars is I think it's the, the feeling of family and camaraderie between the cast as well. Hmm. I think you know they all like gel really well, and you you almost feel part of their family when they're in their their group together. Did you notice the blooper when um, which made it into the film when Karen. Luke Luke gets out of his X-wing? Yeah, he calls uh, Carrie Fisher Carrie instead of Leia, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. brilliant. Thank you, Tony. Um, I, I like that you keep referring to it as Star Wars. Um, 
obviously it's Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, but when it came out, it was just Star Wars, wasn't it? It was, it was Star Wars. That was all it. You so were potentially going to get. Sorry, Tony, say again. A New Hope. The excuse me, why I pour, pour my whiskey. Um, <laughs> a New Hope was added in '79 before the release of The Empire Strikes Back. Cool. So that's that's got a clean sweep. That's made it onto the list. Um, Tim, so of of the twelve theatrical release Star Wars movies, what else deserves to make the top five? Okay, because I'm a bit of a contrarian, and because Paul's not here, and I know he hates this movie, um, I'm gonna Paul hates a lot of movies. I'm gonna throw down a vote for Last Jedi. I, I know objectively, you know, it's not one of the top five, but I think it's not about how great the movies are; it's how much you love watching them. For this, make your case. I re- <laughs> I rewatched Last Jedi uh, a couple days ago. I'm going, you know what? This this is good. So there's in, in Fraser, there's a joke where he goes, the best restaurant is one where the food is absolutely fabulous, but there are enough flaws that you can <laughs> talk and complain about them all night. For me, Last Jedi is a bit like that. The best thing about Last Jedi is, even though it's really good, there's a lot wrong with it. And the things that are wrong with it are kind of the most fun, like the bombers. Oh, yeah. I love the bombers. Love the, it's ridiculous. But it looks amazing. It's a really cool sequence. It kind of pays homage to the World War II footage that George Lucas originally used. He usually originally used shots from Dan Busters when he was editing the movie together. So yeah, it looks great. Great attack sequence of the Bomber Squadron. Who cares about gravity? You don't need gravity. It's galaxy far, far away. But- give, give me some more good points from this movie because I mean you just mentioned okay. one of many flaws in that film. <laughs> I mean that's what, we will talk about the flaws at length, I'm sure. So okay, I'll get a good bit. So give us the good think, bits and then we can then, then we can I think more. that they were we brave enough not to just give the fans what they wanted. So the start of the movie, Ray Hansen, lightsaber, and all the little Star Wars fanboys like me go, Oh, I'd love to be handed lightsaber. But Luke Luke's badass, he just chucks it away because he's realized from the whole history of this past 40 years that the Jedi are mean and corrupt and a bad influence in the galaxy. And but lightsabers are cool, though, so why... Lightsabers are cool, oh. but Luke Skywalker is cooler. I mean, um, I have to be honest, that is at the point in the movie where it very nearly lost me, because I was like, <laughs> what the... has he just done? That just did not sit right with me at all. And from that moment on, there was just more moments that just didn't sit right with me at all. I think um, that's because you love Star Wars too much. Possibly. <laughs> Is that possible? You're you're in the wrong chat, Tim, if you're uh, saying that. <laughs> I mean, that, see, I felt give, give me some more good things. But I like, just I redeem this challenge. movie for us. Come on, tell us tell okay, us the so, other okay, good bits. So Mark Hamill, is, I think this is his best performance as Luke Skywalker. He's old, he's crotchety. He's a, still a badass with a lightsaber, especially at the end. But yeah, he's, he's kind of occupies the Yoda role. I'm getting nowhere in this. I'm, I'm fighting a lost cause, but okay. Here's my central thesis on this movie. It's meant to be a republic. And in this movie, they try to establish that it should not, the galaxy should not be ruled by a, the royal Skywalker family. Uh, the force should be, you know, enjoyed and employed by everyone from the lowest slave boy in that weird casino they go to for no reason whatsoever. Plus, uh, well, it's great. Uh, the chemistry between Ray and uh, Kylo, really cool. There's all these really cool passionate scenes where they're not even in the same quadrant. I like it because it's all shot. So it's shot in, it's like all set around Skellig Michael, which is a really cool part of Ireland. Although actually filmed in Donegal because the island that they use, Skull Michael, is t- just like a tiny point of rock. 
So they found a bit of Ireland up north, Malin Head, where they pointed, or shot it all. Um, so there's a great photo of Mark Hamill driving away from Donegal with a big bag of potato in one hand and a massive grin on his face. Though they all had a ball with filling in Ireland. So yeah, I'm losing you. <laughs> Okay. It's beautiful. It's beautiful scenery. The best thing I like most about this movie is discussing the bad things about it, which we will get onto. It's <laughs> funny, it's entertaining, and it's visually beautiful. Like that, the bomber sequence, ridiculous as it is, looks amazing. The final battle on the salt rock planet. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. The throne room. I'll give you that. The the, the, <laughs> the salt flooring of that planet, and when the this will skimmer ships kind of skim across it and kind of create like a red yeah. trail where they go. That looks cool. What I didn't, like, what I didn't like about that was the fact that the troopers all run into the trench and one of the troopers picks them up, puts it in his mouth and goes, that's salt. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Don't explain it. No one cares. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just on. white dust on red rock. You know, you just go with it. But it's case of, you Well, you know, geology nerds would want to know that. <laughs> John, you jumped in. John, you go next. Okay. Is this is this movie uh, the Last Jedi? Is it making the list? Is it is it the Last Jedi? Um, it is. Um, it is funny. It is funny. Um, the porgs are very cute, and it, it's funny from the beginning. The fact the fact that uh, D- Dam- Dameron is is basically baiting Hux over the intercom with, uh, yeah, I'm holding for Hux. Yeah, I'm holding for Hux. I'm going to crutch. I'm still holding for Hux. Are you still there? <laughs> can, can you hear me? I, yeah, I, I have to interject here because, like Ollie said, um, the throwing away the lightsaber, that was strike one for me. Strike two was that conversation. <laughs> I didn't come to the Star Wars film for it to be really funny. Well, I mean... I, I agree, Tony. Come on. Yeah. Aid Edmondson is the first officer. Love him. Yeah, and the reason and the reason he That's is there is because because Ryan Johnson likes bottom. Don't bring it into Star Wars, though. You can well, bring Aid that... Edmondson in all you want. Get well, him to play in Imperial. Says a lot, officer. I think. That's fine. But no, the thing the th- the thing is that you see Aid Edmondson, and he's actually playing it reasonably straight. But every so often, mm. you see an Eddie Hitler, like he should be doing. This I... isn't a funny galaxy. Guys. Yeah, um, I love the fight, uh, the lightsaber fight in the uh, in the red room against the Imperial guards. Uh, against Snoke, Snoke's guards, Praetorian guards—is that what they're called? No. Uh, if, uh, the Praetorians, um, mm. possibly. Um, but um, that—that's actually pretty badass. Um, something that they don't follow through with in in the next one, but we'll come, I'm sure we'll come to that. It's uh, it is apparently this is the film that Ryan Ryan Johnson wanted to make. This is his Star Wars film through and through. Um, I love the fact that uh, right is it Honda is it Hodo Ho- Admiral or General? Oh um, yeah, oh. Dern's character. Holdo, Hold, um, Holdo. Uh, that the hype, the hyperspace jump as a weapon is beautiful. It is a beautiful. It is a beautiful shot. Oh come on! This, there are it's a good so shot, yeah. many problems good with this shot. film. If you, um, it looks beautiful. I mean, I, re- I rewatched it, and as much as I first time I saw this, I saw this kind of opening day after a night shift on an early morning on an early, early morning uh, showing. I think I did and, the same, actually, John. Perfect. <laughs> and I hate. I didn't like it. I actually didn't like it. I mean, there were things in it I, that looked all right, but it's a case of there was so, 
it was very slow and very ponderous and the fact they're being they're being uh but it, it's it's a film i mean i'm going to talk bad points here it's a film where absolutely nothing goes right every plan that they including have the film goes absolutely wrong well yeah. i'll tell you why the, the whole plot of the film revolves around the fact that poe dameron can't take orders from a woman and because of that he gets the entire rebellion wiped out pretty much because if he had just listened to Laura Dern, he wouldn't have gone off that side mission. He wouldn't have sent Finn and Rose to waste their time. They wouldn't have brought the wrong code breaker back to the enemy ship, who then gave away her plan, which meant the, the uh, First Order wiped out the entire rebellion. If he had just shut up and done what he was told, they would all have been safe on the lovely rock salt planet. So uh, no, no from you then. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, I'm... I'll, 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 I'll put up a fight for it, but it is, it, it's still going to be a no. So um, we'll come to Chris next. I really liked um, first of the newer trilogy and I was really looking forward to The Last Jedi. I was massively disappointed. Um, I could see what Ryan Johnson was trying to do and I liked the, the ideas that he was trying to put across, the, the idea that it's not just the Skywalkers. Anyone can be a Jedi. Anyone can have midichlorians. Um, but the, the, the jarringness of it, and the, the, it just seemed to, it, for me, it just seemed to fight again the, the Force Awakens. It, um, to me, it seemed like Ryan Johnson was like, oh, sod J.J. Abrams, I'm going to do whatever I want. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy is giving me the green light, which I think was the worst decision uh, and that's, I think, what the, the biggest problem is overall, is that there was no cohesive arc across the three films. There was not a point. Kathleen Kennedy at all did not say, OK, Ryan, or, or JJ, um, Ryan, we, we're, we're starting here and we need to end there. Do whatever you like in between, but we need to get to this point at the end. And there just was not that there. And uh and for me, it all fell apart because of that. And I'm, I'm not sure how much it is Ryan Johnson's fault, um, but... All of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, feel for, for, for that reason that it, I, I can't say yes, um, I'm afraid, Tim. But I respect you for, for, um, for your efforts. Yeah, Tim, I, I respect you for not kind of bowing to nerd peer pressure and ignoring this movie for this list um but but for me like you chris i was i was very disappointed um i I had such high hopes such high hopes i thought the force awakens i i pretty much enjoyed it the cinema the first viewing of the force awakens i really enjoyed it and then i watched it again at the cinema and i kind of picked a few holes in it and noticed a few things that didn't sit quite right with me but I thought no Ryan Johnson he'll he'll nail this I had so much faith that he was going to take this in the right direction but yeah it, it, it was it was disappointment um bear in mind that it was released not very long after Carrie Fisher sadly passed away and there's a moment very early on in the movie and and, and this this was a very strong moment this is one of the positive kind of moments up to a point in the movie where you see Kylo Ren and he's in his TIE fighter and he's he's attacking the resistance ship. And then he senses that his mother, um, Princess Leia, she's on on that ship. 
and he's going to shoot, but then he doesn't. He's like, I can't. I've just, bear in mind, he's just killed his own father. One of the best moments for me, even though we've lost one of the best characters in Han Solo in The Force Awakens, the, the way that that shot in The Force Awakens and the, the fact that he has that kind of conflict and you see that, but and you expect him not to do it and then he does it. That, that, that's the kind of surprise that works for me in a, in a, in a Star Wars movie. That, that it's, it's, it's within the story. It's, it's something I sort of thought it was going one way and it went the other way. And this, you, you see Kylo Ren, he's about to shoot and then he's like, oh, my mum. I can't, I can't, I, I've just killed my dad. And then he was like, oh no, I can't kill my mum. So, so you get that conflict there and you see that mate, there's, there's still some light in him and he can't do it. And then the other two ships come in and they shoot and they blow up the resistance um, deck or whatever it is. Bear in mind, Carrie Fisher's literally only not many weeks or months before that passed away. They, they could have reworked this movie. And, and personally, I think they perhaps should have done for that to have been the way that Princess Leia then died in the Skywalker saga. And that that would make that a really kind of poignant thing. It would make it a really poignant moment for Kylo Ren as well. It might make it a turning point for his character. He decided not to do it, but somebody else had them. And it would have worked because she's not really in the rest of the movie at all because she's she's kind of recovering after having been blasted out the front of the ship and then used her force, Mary Poppins, to kind of zoom herself back in. And that, that was a moment for me as well where I thought, and, and it was two things. It was, I don't know whether they should have, one, kept the character alive at that point, and two, I don't know what that was. And I'm, 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 I'm very open for, for new things and new, um, new things within the Star Wars canon in what you can do with the force and things. I am sort of open to that. But I'm not open to loads of things all kind of thrown at me at once that makes sense and I felt that was too much and too far at that point it, it didn't that didn't sit right with me and then there's kind of lots of other elements um and some of it's beautiful like like the, the salt planets um and some of it's just a bit naff like the like the the, the casino planet I just the, the the design on that just didn't feel Star Wars enough to me it's my least favorite Star Wars movie of the 12 that have been harsh of released my le- it's it's right at the bottom because it there's bits of it that just upset me too much but then it does have those it, d- it does have that one that one moment which is really good is Kylie Wren is about to shoot his mum and doesn't do it I that moment I was like yes we can see that gives your character depth and meaning but then everything else around it yeah can we take a moment for poor Admiral Akbar who gets blown out at the same time you killed him <laughs> off screen and just yeah. mentioned it in passing don't do that yeah I love Admiral Akbar Oh my God, Ryan Johnson! What are you doing? <laughs> and the thing is, you're totally right. So Kathleen Kennedy let Ryan Johnson go and do exactly what he wanted with this movie, but at the same time, she's kind of pulling Star Wars movies left, right, and centre off other people. Um, Rogue One, amazing. Gareth Edwards had that kind of the finishing of that movie kind of taken away from, which which maybe for the best we don't we don't know because we would, we never saw his kind of script or kind of cut of the movie we don't know what he did and what they kind of picked up and changed so fair enough but but Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy and Disney and whoever they had a a history at that time of kind of removing control and taking back Star Wars to protect it for the right reasons i think i think they were doing it for the right reasons but with this movie they didn't do that and should have done um, so it's it's a no from me, Tim. I, I respect you for giving that one a go and for liking it. Having said all that, 
I, I watched the sequel trilogy with my eldest daughter um, and she really enjoyed them. She liked that the heroine of the piece uh, was a girl, was a, was a young kind of kick-ass girl. Um, so I got more enjoyment watching them with my daughter than I did on my own as a kind of cranky older Star Wars fan. Um, so I like that about them. I, I, I think they probably do work for a younger audience, like all Star Wars George Lucas always said was kind of for kids. So um, may, maybe I'm like you say, Tim, I'm just, uh, I love Star Wars too much and that's why it didn't work for me. Tony, what do you reckon? Oh, I mean, this is a utterly hard no from me. I hate the film. Uh, it destroyed my soul. <laughs> to, to sum it up. Um, and not in those like horrible fanboy trolls that were, you know, so horrible to some of the female uh, cast members during the, there's no need for that, is there? There's no need. For that. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, it needs to grow up, <laughs> right? Um, but I, you only pointed out, you know, several things where it lost you. When she became Space Mary Poppins, <laughs> I was like, no, you, you, you have lost me. I think it's a massively, deeply flawed film. I don't think... I mean, Ryan Johnson says he's a Star Wars fan, but it didn't feel like it to me. I mean, <laughs> there's so much wrong with it. Yeah, throwing away the lights. I feel the ruined... I think... They not only ruined the original characters, I wanted to see more of Carrie Fisher, you know, give her Jedi powers, but don't make her float through space when she's just mm. been blown out into it. You know, I want to see her use her force powers, but not as space Mary Poppins. Luke Skywalker, a bitter old man. I'm sorry, after it's in the Jedi, I just don't think he would have gone down that path, personally. I felt very naturally, like, much like Yoda was quite grumpy and old. Yeah, I I just don't think Luke would have given up because he didn't mm. give up on his father. You know, when he, my favourite scene in the whole of the uh, Star Wars films is when Luke throws away his lightsaber in front of the Emperor and says, "I'm a Jedi like my father before me." I don't think he would have gone down that <laughs> that path. I think he would have found a different way, like he did with his father. Um, what well, okay, here, here here's my theory on Luke's character arc. So Luke's whole story is that he's looking for a father figure. So he's an orphan boy in Star Wars New Hope. He finds Obi-Wan. So he finally got a father figure. Loses him to a lightsaber. Empire. He's got Yoda, new father figure. But Yoda's like quite grumpy. Sends him off to fight uh, Vader. Then he finds out that his actual real father is the man he hates most in the whole galaxy. And then in Jedi, he has the redemption arc. Of, you know, but it's sort of Jedi. He's kind of come to peace with the fact that he doesn't need a father figure. And he's... He doesn't need a father to save him. He wants to save his father. And that's how the whole, it all comes to a lovely crescendo at the end where um, he redeems his father. But by the time of that Jedi, he's tried to be a father figure himself to Ben Kenobi and failed miserably. And that's why he's so miserable. Because oh, he searched his whole life for a father. And then when he tried to be a father, he was a complete failure at it. And he's upset. That's, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And, and also, if, if, if you've ever watched the Clone Wars series, you, it gives you a bigger, in, a better insight into why the Jedi failed. Um, Ahsoka Tano's character, um, I, I'm kind of spoiling things, I think it's really worth everybody, if you're a Star Wars fan watching it, it, it starts a bit slow, but gets better and better and better and better. But, but it gives you a really good insight into why the Jedi fail. It makes more sense. It makes Revenge of the Sith make more sense. They, they just can't see that the way they're doing things isn't right and isn't perfect. So so I, what Tim's saying there d does sort of feed into that as well, which is quite good. John? 
Oh, can I go back to my my start of last last Jedi hating because I definitely haven't finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, go on. Um, so as I said, uh, original characters felt treated poorly. New characters from the Force Awakens, I also felt were dealt a very bad hand because they didn't. I will agree with the same with characters. You on the Force Awakens, you know, Finn, I thought was great character in Force Awakens. It just feels different. I felt like Poe was different. And, you know, Ray. I think the only one that can make any maintained any consistency was Kylo Ren. Adam Driver is brilliant. He, he yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, thing, yeah. yeah, he's definitely great in it. Um, and I'm going to end with this. I said Luke Skywalker is my favourite character. I love Mark Hamill. But the reason why I hate The Last Jedi is that they killed Luke through space constipation. <laughs> was he straining too hard? He looked like he was straining too hard. You know, yeah. when he's projecting himself across the galaxy and then, you know, dying. It's too much of that green milk, obviously, clogged oh, him up. Oh, I mean, there you go. That's another horrible... Horrible. Absolutely horrible. What are you doing? But when it's, they it's, 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 it's the weird look he gives Ray as he's doing it. It's like... Kind of. Yeah, if Ray wasn't there, yeah. he'd have gone straight from the titty, wouldn't he? Which yeah. isn't, isn't okay. But, you know, kill my favourite character or hero ever through space constipation, unforgivable. John, Greedo, John Backer, John Backer, what do you reckon? Well, I've already said. Oh, have you? He was a hard no. Is Everybody it, said a, no then. A complete whitewash. Shut out, shut oh, out. Well, I did my no, best. No, we're not doing... That's not happening. We're not having it. The Last Jedi, Ryan C. Johnson, hang your head in Order chain. 66 has been executed, Tim. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I just can't see this uh, Star Wars trilogy that they're going to give to Ryan Johnson. Will it happen? I mean, it's, if it's in a different bit of the galaxy and he's not messing around with um, Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Galaxy further, further away? Yeah, far, far, far away. <laughs> further, better. Chris, what's another movie that absolutely has to be on the top? I could go for a... Uh... A home run nomination, but I think I need to make sure that some other ones are in there first. So I'm kind of going lower down on my list. Um, and I am going to nominate Rogue One. Um, I think this is a fantastic film. It's very dark, it's very gritty. Um, it's set before um, A New Hope, and uh, it, the um, main protagonist, her, her dad, designed the Death Star. And for some reason, uh, he decides, well, I think he has a, a change of heart and he realizes that this is awful. Um, so he created the porthole, the, the weakness in the Death Star, and he told his daughter about it. Um, and uh, she escaped before um, the Empire killed uh, the family. And uh, and then she speaks to she gets to the rebellion and uh, they find out about this. So they realize that they need to get these plans to safety um, before the Empire catches them. We're on a quest to destroy they, they, they go on a, a kind of um, um, a death, not a death wish. I want to say, what's it? Um, anyway, it's a mission where they, they know they're probably not going to survive. So they, they get a team together. Um, uh, we knew that. Um, Did they know that? I don't know if they knew. Oh, I, I well, definitely felt I, that. That's a good question. Yeah, I, I think they were so accepting of their fate at the end. Definitely at the they, end. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it, it pays a really nice homage to the original trilogy. There's some nice uh, Easter eggs. Uh, there's some great performances. The scenes with Darth Vader, Vader are amazing. 
um, and the actual the, the actual story and the, um, the 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 mission that they have to go on is is quite brutal uh, and violent, which is kind of it's a step away from the traditional Star Wars. But I really like that, and, and I think they they really capitalized on the fact that uh, it, it it was a Star Wars story, so they they could do different things with it. Um, and take the risk, and it really paid off. Um, and uh, and in the end, by, by the end of the film, I just want to go in straight into New Hope. And anytime I have watched Rogue One, I always watch A New Hope straight off the back of it because I can't not. It's um, so yeah. Rogue One is my nomination. Wonderful. Um, Tim, did you want to? Do, did you want to go off or do you want to kind of do your answer on Rogue One and then I'll go do off? I'll do five minutes on Rogue One and then I'll run. It's going to be a yes because it's very good. But it's definitely, it's not an unqualified yes. It's not a totally enthusiastic yes. Uh, I watched it again last night and remember that I left the cinema when I first watched this on a high. Just, it's great. It's amazing because it's a movie of two halves. The second half is brilliant. First half, kind of dull. Um, so... It starts off with Saul Bellow or Saul Guerrero, Forrest Whitaker's character, Saul Guerrero. Saul Guerrero. The problem I have with this, and similar to the Solo movie, I kind of feel he's a character from the Expanded Universe, I assume. He's, he's in the Clone Wars. And he's yeah, he's in, he's in the Clone Wars as a young man. So he's probably a really he's... interesting character. Mm. But I haven't seen the Clone Wars. I paid my ticket to see a Star Wars Rebels as well. So it wasn't that interesting. Canon, though. Those, those things are canon. Those, <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed but, um, with canon. Oh. Well, I haven't read the Star Wars comics or played all the Star Wars games either. So I'm going off. Anymore. <laughs> as, as a humble punter who had only watched movies, I was like, who's this guy? Don't care. Mm. So, yeah, you were saying that Ryan Johnson was, or is it Gareth Edwards, this movie was taken away from him. And I get the feeling that it's good that it was because first half quite slow, quite dull. But then once they have to get on the mission, the last battle, the space battle with the hammerhead thing plowing into the destroyer, plowing into the other destroyer, smashing it. I mean, that's amazing. Um, and it's lovely that they all die at the end. Because, um, yeah. Because, yeah. You Such a sweet them. moment. Because, well, you're building up the pain so that the pleasure of the final victory is, you got to know why the Empire is evil. I kind of got the impression that this movie was, it was really the Bothan movie. Because I kind of knew going in that they were all going to die. Because, you know, in Jedi, the, the actress famously overreacted has one line, the many boffins died line. It's like, oh, there's this amazing backstory about the people who stole Death that's Star. A, that's a different, but it's that's different, a different Death Star. I know yeah. it's different Death Star. But I kind of got, think, oh yeah, the backstory of stealing plans with Death Star, let's make a movie of that. Let's make it the first Death Star. And the same character is in this movie, played by a different actress. So this is for me is... very the, similar this, though. Yeah. Good look alike. This for me is the many boffins died movie. Um, it's a story that needed to be told. <laughs> and I'm glad, that, glad they did it. And Glad they probably fixed it in reshoots, and yeah, it's a hard yes for me. Thank you, Tim. John, do you want to go next? Okay. Um, Rogue One is probably what um, the Last Jedi wanted to be, in that it was something completely different. It didn't follow the main story. It was um, it was it's a look at the expanded universe around the events. I think it does it well. The thing about um, the it was Gareth Edwards, wasn't it, the director of this one? The thing about Gareth Edwards was wasn't this his second film? Um, a third, because he did Monsters third. and then he did Godzilla, didn't he? he did a Godzilla movie? Ah, uh, right. 
Okay. So, um, but the, I think the story behind this is that the reshoots were actually done by Tony Gilroy, the guy who did um, uh, some, of the, some of the Bourne films. Yeah. And, he was editing it as well. Uh, I yeah. So I, I think, by, but I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure what happened. I think uh, going back, going back to the difference between the oversight on this one and the not oversight on uh, Jedi. Um, I think they tried to do a Marvel. Where they try, where the, they were trying to follow the Marvel model, where they were bringing in new directors, new voices, um, but then turn around and say, "Well, actually, can we do it like this?" Um, which is kind of what Marvel were doing at the beginning. But they had Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige, who was sitting there at the top, directing the story and saying, "Well, we need this to link here, this to link here. Can you write it so it does that?" As opposed to go off and do what you want, and oh dear, we forgot about this. So I can't. I, I think basically, I think there's a uh, misunderstanding on the model that Marvel had created. Going back to the film, it is dark. It's it's a very welcome, different shade to the rest of it. And I really wish they'd make more Star Wars movies in the universe, um, as the Mandalorian and uh, now the Book of Boba Fett are now kind of showing that you don't have to be part of the original, you don't have to be part of the original timeline and the Skywalker saga, thank God, that you can move away and you can actually have decent stories based on the characters in those stories. And there's more to it than just the Emperor and, um, and Skywalkers. I hate um, Skywalkers. No, no, I don't know. I don't I don't hate the Skywalkers. What I have a problem with is the fact that the entire saga is based around one family. There is I mean, um the, the the Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that are great because they actually expand your universe. It's not the same same five characters for three films to to the same point. So I actually find um this is not I, I kind of I kind of break the Star Wars films into three three categories. You have the original trilogy, which are great. They are as they are because that's how they were made. You have the then you have Phantom Menace and the prequel trilogy, which are the George Lucas expanding his own ideas, and then and not necessarily getting it right, but it creates a bigger world. And then you have the Disney cash grab trilogy. Um, and because when they got the rights, they kind of went, well, we need to make some money because we just paid George 40 million pounds for this, 40 million dollars for this. Four, four, four billion. Because they yeah, bought Lucasfilm, they bought Skywalker Sound, they bought yes. CHX, they bought... Um... But, they needed, but they needed to get their money back. And I believe they just kind of went, well, let's make, let's make films like the, origi- like the original trilogy because everybody likes those. This is not like the original trilogy. This is this is a break from the difference. This is a break from um, the template, and I think that's how it, that's why it benefits, and I think that's why it's got such a good reputation, and that's why it's a yes from me. Wonderful, Tony made it. Controversially, controversially, it's a no from me. Um, <laughs> I I think it's not a bad film. It's got some good scenes. Um, do you feel like it's um, an amalgamation of um, too many cooks? Um, there's only one cook. <laughs> Sorry, <it's a> bad <laughs> uh, And I don't know. There's just where, where I can see. I'm happy for people to divert from the, the Skywalker saga, you know. Um, although I do think sometimes people say, "Oh, hate," seem to hate it a bit. The Skywalker saga a bit too much. It's like, well, it's kind of the core of Star Wars. 
Um, so while I don't mind it kind of getting away from that, I always wanted to see like the rebels stealing the plans for the Death Star. It's just a bit too dark for my taste for Star Wars. And I like dark things, but I just found it was somewhat at odds with, I guess, what, what I think Star Wars should be. It has its dark moments and then just like obliterating them all at the end. <laughs> well, kind of poignant is I just didn't left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, which I didn't like. Um, Tony, did you did you not feel though like obviously that was like a, a real like heart wrenching moment, but then by the actual end of the film, were you seeing a you know creepy uh, Carrie Fisher CGI going hope? Did you not like go, oh yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, what there was that. I mean, as you say, creepy Carrie Fisher CGI. They should have definitely taken a few more passes of that. Um, I also, uh, I guess, like, and also I love Peter Cushing, but I, I, I'm, I'm a little also uneasy about bringing, bringing people back from the dead, <laughs> even if you have uh, the family's permission. I know, like, um, Governor Tarkin would have been central to that plot, but maybe recast rather than map a dead man's face <laughs> on. I just, there are limits, I think, personally, you know, respectful. Is it even with the family's permission? Would he have gone for it? I don't know. I mean, the Darth Vader scene at the end, bloody love. <laughs> it was insane. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the best best in the trilogy. Uh, uh, sorry, one of the best in the, the saga. Um, and obviously ties up nicely with a similar scene at the end of season two of The Mandalorian. <laughs> so, yeah, I, there are, uh, it, I mean, it would be my bottom three, controversially. Um, much much better than um, the last sky, uh, the last Jedi, and the Rise of Skywalker. But I just, it was just perhaps a bit too dark in Star Wars terms for my taste. So just just clarify then, there are nine for you. There are nine better films than that one. Yes. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's controversial. As well, and for me, I going into the movie because these characters. I just assumed because they, you knew, you knew that they had the plans to the Death Star. You, you, we know that that's what they achieved. So for me, those characters would then be heroes. So there's no way that you couldn't have seen them in A New Hope unless they'd all died, unless they'd kind of perished in their mission. So going into this movie, I fully expected all of these new characters to be dead by, by the end of the movie. I, I, did, I did as well, to be put, I, I, same as you, like kind of, that's what I was expecting, even though I'd read Felicity Jones had signed on for two movies, big Felicity. Mm. Oh. So, uh, and obviously they're making the new s- sequel to that, uh, prequel to that film, aren't they? With um, Andor, yeah. yeah, yeah. Andor, yeah. Uh, Diego uh, Luna. Isn't yeah, it? so I'll be very interested to, to see that. Anyway, sorry, I was in, interrupting you. No, 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 not at all. Um, so yeah, I, I expected them all to die, and they did, and that was sad. But what I, I just liked that having so that, that was the first Star Wars movie they'd released um, since Disney owned it after um, the Force Awakens. So the Force Awakens, it's it, we've obviously moved on in time. Stormtrooper helmets are a bit more kind of streamlined now, and. Um, everything kind of looked a bit different whereas this one they deliberately tried to make it look like a new hope that it had to be that era of star wars so you've got you've got proper looking stormtroopers and every oh, the 
and the the ships and the, the sounds in the corridors and everything was directly taken from A New Hope, wasn't it? So that that feeling of watching a new Star Wars movie for me was was, was better than The Force Awakens because it felt like real Star Wars. The only bit that I felt was kind of fan service too far, and I, and I think this was a movie that they made for the fans knowing fully well that they'd kind of be able to absolutely kind of cash in on that, but they really wanted to kind of do a fan service with this movie. There's a bit where they're on Jeddah and they, they they literally just bump into Ponda Baba and Dr. Avanza. And you just think, I, I like that you're trying to give us characters that we go, oh, it's him from the cantina. But it was shoehorned and it was unnecessary. And it just, it's the only bit of the movie that actually jars me. I'm like, yeah, there's there's those guys. But it, it there's no there was no need for it. There was there's absolutely no need. Contrast that with the bit in on Yavin and Jimmy Smith walks in as Bail Organa. And I, I elbowed my brother because I, I was excited. I was like, oh, there's, there's Bail Organa. Because that, for me, that makes Star Wars make more sense because you're, you're tying Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. You're, you're bringing it together, whereas before they were kind of miles apart. But yeah, I absolutely love that one. Going back to what you were saying there, Ollie, um, I, I felt the same way that, that that kind of Easter egg, that nod was, was just a step too far. And some some Star Wars nerds out there worked out that they would have had to have travelled a stupid distance in about half an hour in order to have escaped and before the, you know, the planet blew up or um, and, and in order for them to get to Tatooine. Um, yeah. But but yeah, that's a very small uh, thing in my opinion anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a yes from me. So Rogue One does make our yeah. initial list. Well done, Chris. John, what would be your nomination for a top five Star Wars movie? I mean, looking, looking through the list and revi- revisiting stuff, I have to say that I'm pretty much... Uh, a purist actually so I'm going to go with the pretty straightforward sequel The Empire Strikes Back because this is a whereas everything in the first one is up and bright and everything looks good for the future and everything this one everything goes wrong I mean this is and like 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 I was saying about the uh, cash the cash the Disney cash grab of the last three this is, this is actually very close to the model that the last Jedi was was trying to follow. Um, it's the one where it's a case of the the rebels are on the run. The you see the you get to see the size of the Empire chasing after them. You get to see that they're a small band, just trying to hold their own against what essentially is a central a central government. It's it's about near misses and scrapes and getting away from things. Luke find, finds a new uh, a new master, a new teacher, and start and we start to find out what the Force is all about. To be fair, I mean in the first one, it's kind of the Force is just this funny magic power that certain people tend to have, and it can make you do this. Uh, with Empire Strikes Back, we get it's more of the, the spirituality of it. It's it's no longer an such an abstract concept of it's a bit of magic that space magicians do with sword with laser swords it's got some some of the best new uh um vehicles i mean who else had at yeah had that 
Yeah. Uh, who else had theirs given to the uh, given away when apparently they didn't play with them anymore? Oh no. Yeah. Oh. Um, I had a Rebel Transporter as well. Um, I never quite, I never got the um, the Snowspeeder, but that entire that entire sequence with the Snowspeeder it just showed you how um, how you could how flexible Star Wars could be. First time I became aware that I'd seen this. I was at somebody else's party and they had a dodgy VHS copy. And, um, it, and just as, just as we're all packing up to go home, someone put it on and it was Hoth. And all I saw of it was the Hoth thing, the Hoth um, set up on Hoth and the, uh, and the snow and the snow creature. Um, were you a kid and, or was this just like some, hang on. No, no, I was, I was, <laughs> I must have been yes, about last year. <laughs> seven years old. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it, it was a case of the cool. I was it was the cool kids' party, and um, I was leaving as they put on the do the dodgy recording. It just seems to have more story, more plot. It kind of does the thing that the sequels usually do. It kicks everything up a gear, but it does it properly. It does it right. If everything kicks up a gear, and it's not. It doesn't over egg the pudding. It, it everything. It, it's one of the it's one of the more perfect sequels ever made. The only the only problem with with it is the fact that you know it's the second episode of three because it has the ending of a second episode of three. You know that there's another one coming, and I think this was the first time I'd ever seen that happen. Um, this is the first film I'd ever seen where you knew where it ended on such a note that you had you knew that the next that there was going to be another one and the story was going to continue. The introduction of Lando and Cloud City and his um, inevitable betrayal, and um, were all worked. Every everyone has everyone has uh, proper. Um, they all have their reasons for doing what they do, and uh, yeah, I think I th actually think that you get some very well-rounded characters in, in uh, Empire, as opposed, uh, whereas it's. Uh, a new hope were kind of introduced and and it's more about the tr the journey this one's about this one's about um the, the story and the characters and the building on the characters so empire strikes back guys um i'm gonna get to me next uh it's a big yes from me um one character that you haven't mentioned who we get to meet in the empire strikes back um not for the first time we've covered this uh, we did a watch along of the star wars holiday special um yeah. but Bob Effect, incredible. If you, and if you would like to find our watch along, it's on our YouTube channel. We didn't do an audio because what's the point? Link in the comment below. Yeah, Paul's, Paul's reaction. Side. Paul's reaction is that the whole thing is incredible. He's just like, has he never seen it? He'd never oh, seen no. it. Before. John had never seen it. No. I saw a dodgy copy, and it's like Jesus. I need to drink through this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Per perfect. Yeah, you need to, don't you? It's brilliant. Yes. Um, Sorry, it's not. It's awful. But uh, so, the Empire Strikes Back, brilliant. Uh, Boba Fett, the the the, um, the bounty hunters that uh, Darth Vader employs to try and hunt down the Millennium Falcon, and Boba Fett's the only one kind of clever enough to think that oh they might be hiding out on the back of an asteroid. Oh. Yeah, I I love the Hoth battle. I, I mentioned earlier that I had all, all, all the Hoth troopers. So yeah, the the scene in the Wampus Cave as well. Um, yeah, I, I I can't actually, and I, I can pick fault with a lot of things. I can't pick a fault in this movie. Not one. 
can't pick a fault in it. And I absolutely, like you say, I love Star Wars too much, so I can I can pick everything to bits. I love the Oognauts when they are taking three P apart. Um, Cloud City, just completely different aesthetic to what we've seen in Star Wars before. Luke in the back to tank, all of it. Absolutely love all of it. So it's a big yes from me, Empire Strikes Back. Tony. Well, I would agree with you on every point there, Ollie and uh, Jonathan. Um, I would say the only fault with The Empire Strikes Back is it made other people think that every other Star Wars sequel should be like it. <laughs> and I don't think that's the case. And where The Empire Strikes Back got everything right, The Last Jedi used it as a template and got everything wrong. <laughs> so that I would say that's the only fault of um, The Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, I think it elevates everything to the next level. The characters, the, you know, the action scenes. I think the characters do become more well-rounded. You know, Luke's journey and like Han and Leia's journey. You know, I love the scene in uh, Dagobah where Luke, you know, goes into the cave. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just think that's a, you know, a brilliant scene that indicates what's going to come in an hour's time. You know, also Darth Vader be- was a badass before, but he becomes even more badass in this because he just kills everyone <laughs> and cuts off his son's hand. So, yeah, um, I mean, I would say, you know, it's the thinnest end of the wedge between the original trilogies for me. You know, I think they've all got their, you know, I kind of almost love them all equally. Even the but on, another thing is uh, Jonathan said all like the new vehicles, all the new characters like Lando, you know Billy D Williams. Come on, he's brilliant. And I think all of the the things that are introduced that are new are iconic, like the original. And that's why it it it's stalls on the next level, and also one of the greatest sequels ever made in the same you know category as Godfather Part Two and Aliens. Chris, uh, it's uh, yeah, uh, absolutely, John. Um, I I totally agree. Is it is it because of George Lucas not directing it? Is that why it's so good? Irvin Kershner taking over. Um, oh, I have a fun fact about Irvin Kershner. If anyone wanted to hear it, go on. Go on. So um, my cousin uh, is an actor and worked with him on Red Cop Two. Wow. From Empire another from another, Cop 2, another almost a- near perfect sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so no. your cu- your cousin was in Robocop too. Yeah, he's one of the crackheads at the beginning. Uh, Amazing. He's the only, he's the only well, one that survives Robocop. Was he acting or was he just a crackhead? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, he uh, yeah, he gets shot in the arm by Robocop. He's one of the uh, criminals at the beginning, but he's the only one that survives. The Robocop wow. by the nose. Oh, yeah. I watched it last. Yeah. I was watching it last night. Yeah, he's the one that like. You know, Robocop picks up. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Where's Kane? Did he um, (laughs) have things to say about Irvin? Yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't have a bad word to say about anyone. He's a lovely guy. Um, But he was in No Country for Old Men and, like, a bunch of other films. Um, um, Yeah, there there you go. go. Awesome. Uh, So uh, the the one thing uh, that John hadn't mentioned, um, in fact, no one had yet about Empire is that people going into the cinema to see it for the first time would have no idea about the massive twist uh, towards the end of the film. And I, uh, that's one... We're not going to spoil it now, are we? Cause just... <laughs> no, because, you know, people, people might not have seen it. Um, but uh, to, to hear those words and to find out 
uh, you know, who Darth Vader is. Um, People didn't even must have been they, they amazing. Not Big, biggest it, it, twist in cinema history. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. you say, Tony. Like, pe yeah, people thought he was lying, didn't they? Like, yeah. And that uh, to to me, I mean, that just uh, that just blows out the park. It's uh, yeah. Um, the, the one of the issues I have with the, one of the few is that I find Lando quite predatory and quite creepy <laughs> towards <laughs> Princess Leia. Um, the, I first noticed it when I went to Secret Cinema because they did Empire. Oh, I um, and and the, the heckles that Lando Calrissian <laughs> was getting uh, with all like almost all of his lines was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, he's he's a bit of a creep, uh, but he is still cool with a cape. Um, the and the other issue I have is not with the film itself, but with the merchandising following the film, is that. Uh, I got really annoyed that the the speeders were called snow speeders because they were never snow speeders. They were always speeders adapted for the snow. Yes. I know that doesn't that doesn't you know, kind of go well on a box for a, a toy, but it should have just been called a speeder, not fucking snow speeder. Never thought anyway. about this before, but yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. But the thing the thing is that Luke has a land speeder in New Hope, so they have to differentiate. Uh, okay. Speedo is a generic term in Star Wars, isn't it? But you, you... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, but but yeah, the it's uh, I, I mean Han Solo was just became the epitome of cool in this film, uh, and uh, you I'm going to point out. I love you. Han Solo had I love you. Just as sleazy lines as Lando. Yeah. Sorry. Come on. I know. I, I annoy my wife every time when she says, like, she's trying to, a sweet moment. She says, I love you. I, I do it every time. And she's, <laughs> not every time. But. And I mean, just, yeah, Harrison Ford coming up with that line himself as well. So, so that's a yes from you, Chris. Uh, Tim, the Empire. Um, I mean, yes, got to be a yes, doesn't it? Um, I, I came a bit late to Empire, I'll be honest. So it's seen Star Wars. And then I watched Return of the Jedi. And then I read the novelization of Empire Strikes Back, which is great, like way better than the movie. So I was like well into my teens by the time I finally saw Empire. So I'd kind of seen the sequel and I knew that Darth Vader was a father. So it was a bit, eh. But then I got a VHS of it and watched it like to death. So yeah, I'm, I've overwatched Empire because it's so good. Um, I mean, yeah, it's great. I love it. I don't think it's the great, as great a sequel as everyone else does, but that's because I wasn't there of the age for the twist. If I'd seen it in the cinema, I would probably love it even more. Um, it's got all the best. It's got Boba Fett, so that's it. That's all it needs for me. I don't think it's perfect. I think the love story between Han and Leia is a bit forced. The dialogue is really clunky. Oh, I George, 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 I like the dialogue. Well, George Lucas can't write romance. So, yeah, the best line is the one that Harrison Ford came up with himself. Oh, come on. Harrison Ford was, was, doing, the, um, was doing the read throughs for the original New Hope. And it, it's, his, it's, his, it's his quote to George. It's case, you might be able to write this, but you sure as hell can't say it. This is the movie where Luke kisses his sister. It is. It yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> well, no, no, that no, no. doesn't make it, it better. Leia kisses Luke, doesn't she? Yeah, Luke's Luke's lying there. He just gets the kiss. And he he seems to enjoy it. He did, yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't know it's not his fault, but yeah, I think 
Apart yeah, there's like whole... Star Wars there when he says he's, she's beautiful when he sees a hologram of her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you can, just yeah, then, I mean, you can't tell Just then think about when uh, Luke tells Leia in Return of the Jedi that they are br- brother and sister, and then Leia says, yeah, I think I always knew that. <laughs> <laughs> she had feelings, confused feelings. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, my only... I found the end of this movie a bit of a... Eh, because I'd already seen Return of the Jedi, it's kind of like, yeah, I watched them in the wrong order is what I'm saying. But yes, it's a hard yes. Empire is a masterpiece. It's got Wonderful. So now we've got three on our list yeah. out of four. It was Come only... On. There's only the last Jedi that hasn't made it so far. Um, it's my nomination next. Um, I'll be quick with this one because I've not got high hopes for making the list, but I <laughs> do just want to mention it briefly. Um, my nomination is, my first nomination would be The Phantom Menace. So I know that there's lots of Star Wars fans out there that at the time and even still now criticise this movie. They don't like Jar Jar Binks. They don't like young Anakin Skywalker. The poor kid Jake Lloyd was nicknamed like Mannequin Skywalker in the press. Forget all of that. It's got the best fight sequence in any Star Wars movie ever. It's got the second coolest, third coolest looking villain ever in Darth Maul. And Liam Neeson. That's second, right? So you've got Darth Vader, you've got Boba Fett, and you've got Oh, Bob Fett. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Villain ish. Maybe he's not. I mean, Book of Boba Fett is. Anyway, digress. So <laughs> I, I watched The Phantom Menace at the cinema. I was so looking forward to it um, coming out. I probably saw it like six times at the cinema. I just kept going back. Me and my best mate, we made plastic lights nine times, Tony. Good effort. Good effort. Um, we made lightsabers out of plastic tubes, like huge, like double-ended ones. And we choreographed fight scenes. We were like, how old would I have been in 99, like 17, 18? We, we, we just scratched with these lightsabers in our gardens, like trying to recreate the Darth Maul, like Obi-Wan, um, Qui-Gon Jinn fights. I thought Liam Neeson was incredible as a Jedi. And, and he he's that one... That, that's like the heyday of the Jedi. This is before anything's gone wrong in that universe, isn't it? So is it th- these are two Jedi doing their Jedi job of like helping to the, yeah. sort out conflicts in the gal- galaxy. Now, th- this is the only time that we've seen Jedi properly being Jedi. In Attack of the Cones, it was all kind of a bit of a mess scrapping about in um, with some bugs and droids and stuff. That was that was proper Jedi on proper Jedi business. I mean, I know it was like uh, trade negotiations and stuff like that, but we got to see the Jedi. Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, I thought, were brilliant together. It didn't look like A New Hope. It was a bit more shiny and a bit more polished, which wasn't perfect, but it was a different time. So in my head, that that, that, that could kind of progress, that, that that was like a better time. So that, that, that's why it did, wasn't broken and ruined and recycled like it is in A New Hope. It's because it, it was like the, the heyday of the galaxy that they um, they had the Senate and it was it was sort of functioning as it should. You had slavery in the galaxy. That's fine. Jedi don't deal with that. That's just that just happens. Um, so I, I, I love the pod race as well. I thought it was an incredible action sequence. And and for me, I can forgive. Jar Jar, he, he didn't really bother me when I watched it those six times at the cinema. It, it, it didn't. Um, and 
Jake Lloyd. My only criticism, well, I, I have criticisms of the movie, but one of my biggest criticisms of the movie is when um, Anakin gets in the uh, cockpit, the Starfighter, to hide, and then he kind of takes off and goes to attack like the control ship. He accidentally, or was like, oh, I wonder what these buttons do, and, and, like, and bl- blows the thing up. He should have done that on purpose. This kid is like the, the next hope, supposedly, of the galaxy. He's the one that's going to bring balance to the Force. He, he should have had that within him to do those things deliberately. That's my biggest criticism of it. It's not Jordan Binks. He was sort of fine for me. Um, Phantom Menace. Can we have the Phantom Menace in our top five? I'm not sure it makes my top five, but I just wanted to talk about it. It nearly does. Tony, you saw it nine times. You must love it as much as I do. I do love the film. I will. I am a big fan of it, and would defend it. I just feel <laughs> that I would put I would put Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi above it, <laughs> and okay. I would rather have those in the top five. And I, you can I have all three. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Well, we've already got three, haven't we? Yeah, but you can have all we, three on our seven. seven, seven. We're going we're to get to a list of seven. Oh, so that's, so oh, would it make the top seven? <laughs> would it make an initial list? Okay, then let me yes. Um, uh, Darth Maul, uh, Hugh McGregor, and something that no one's mentioned so far, the music. Jewel mm. of, of the Fates. yeah. Love that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Tim. Is it a yes from you? Best bits of this movie are some of the, the best bits of Star Wars. Definitely. Like Jewel of the Fates, the double light, when that door lifts open and he pulls... And he, he does ball, the other end. He I, does the other end as well. Favor, like, oh, oh, no. And then the double lightsaber, and he goes, ah! And then the music kicks in, and that whole sequence is one of my favourite sequences in all of Star Wars. I'm getting chills as you're describing it. But... Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to love this movie so much. Like, all of a sudden, I was so hyped. I went to cinema so excited, and it's like, eh. <laughs> um, so it starts off with a trade federation dispute. Yeah, okay. what you need. Taxation. <laughs> okay, there's lots of to love this movie. Uh, Clyde Gaunt's awesome. Ewan McGregor is having the time of his life playing uh, Obi-Wan. Darth Maul is great character who has three lines. All voiced by Peter Serafanowicz does voice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, he really makes up for the end. He's great, but it's a bit of a mess. So, like, here's it. Who's the hero of the Phantom Menace? Obi Wan. R two. Is it Obi Wan? It is. just the story. Is it Anakin? Okay, stop. New Hope. Jar Jar. It's Jar Jar. Yeah, but so so who so it, is it sort of Obi Wan, or is it or is Jake is Anakin the hero? This is a collection of heroes. It's is it Padme Amidala? It's it's, it's I, a collection, I, I, team effort. I, I would I would say that it's actually Qui Gon and Anakin. I, yeah, so I, it would be I, a I, I, movie if it was about the relationship between Qui Gon and Anakin, and they're differing. And I think that movie was meant to be. But it sort of isn't because then they bring in Qui-Gon or Anakin and then there's Padme and it's really obvious that Padme is Queen Amidala because they're played by both played by Natalie Portman. And then we've got to talk Jar Jar. I mean, we we mentioned him. he's fine. He's fine. I want to. I mean, I have nothing but love 
for the poor guy who played George. Misa Skeen. The son doing murder to Misa Skeen. Sorry. Yeah, well, Paul, Paul Ahmed. Roger, and the slave owner guy. I mean, there's some lazy, racist, racially stereotyping characters in this. I, it's, uncom- it's an uncomfortable watch now. Um, like the Trade Federation, Probably, these yeah. kind of evil motive, and they're all given quite Asian accents. The Gungans, I mean, the uh, the blue fly the Jewish Jewish yeah, trader guy that owns Anakin, Jewish slash Middle Eastern. It's just lazy writing, and I think strikes a sour note for otherwise wonderful franchise. But I'm picking it. It's just it's just not that as entertaining. Apart from the, the amazing bits in it, the pod race and the lightsaber fight. Amazing rest. So that's a yes, Tim. Or no? <laughs> the, it's it's a no. There are bits of it I love. Uh, Liam Neeson's line: "There's always a bigger fish." Uh, uh, stayed with me through the years, but um, yeah, it's going to be a no because there are so many better Star Wars movies. Okay, uh, Chris, what do you think? More Darth Maul, less Jar Jar Binks. I would have said yes, but as it stands, Misa, sorry. Ooh, you like it I feel... so John you have a deciding vote does The Phantom Menace make our initial list of seven best Star Wars movies um, you're talking about um, films films with messy plots um, I think this is probably more streamlined than the two that came after <clears throat> I, I agree um, I agree um, because um, because it was it, there, there's a more straightforward straightforward through line through this film than there is in either of the next two really? i the i <laughs> i would say that i quickly put together a, a list of what my top films are and the prequel three are in there but towards the bottom and to me those three are kind of kind of a, to- a, a toss up a bit of a toss up because each of them have something I like, but they're not. Some of them are more perfect than others. I think the Phantom Menace, if you watched it as the first one, as kids nowadays probably will, I think it should go on the list. I think it. I think it's a yes from me. Makes the list. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, John. Um, so we've each nominated one movie. So we'll go around again. Um, so so far we've got a new hope, we've got Rogue One, we've got the Empire Strikes Back, and we've got the Phantom Menace. Uh, we'll speed up a bit now. Let's speed around. Uh, Tony, what's your nomination? Well, I'm, I'm torn between Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith, but I'm going to go with Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I think it's a great capper of the original trilogy. I know people have their issues with it, particularly the Ewoks. Um, but it depends if you want to see it as a, uh, you know. Uh, a reference to uh, the Vietnam War, which apparently sometimes it is, a bit like Aliens. Um, you know, uh, a superior force but beaten by uh, people with uh, uh, lesser technology. Um, yeah, it's just the original characters that I love. And um, as said before, it's got one of my favourite scenes in, in the throne room with the Emperor. Uh, also, the Emperor's a pretty good bad guy, you know. It's, you know Ian McDermott, incredible. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's got an, a, a cunning evilness, you know, who doesn't even do anything, really, just sits there and you can tell he's... His voice. His voice is amazing. Yeah, um, so, but it's the, the throne room scene where Luke throws away his lightsaber. Gets me every time. I don't have to be like you. I don't have to be like my father. I'll go my own way and I don't need violence to do it. Cool. Tim, Turn of the Jedi. 
I mean, I'm going to defend the Ewoks. I, I like the Ewoks. I, I, I just think some people have. Yum, it. yum. I went, I went through a real Great phase song. Because they're so cute, I went through a real phase of like thinking they were just a toy merchandising thing. But Ewoks are badass. Ewoks are vicious little fuckers. <laughs> like, Ewoks. They'll nibble they'll, at your they, ankle. They, they'll trap people for meat. They'll, <laughs> yeah. they'll take you. They won't kill you. They'll like strap you to a fire and burn you alive. And then they'll eat you. And then they'll use your drum as a skull. Yeah, Ewoks, <laughs> Ewoks are vicious little bastards. Bit that gets me every time. That poor Ewok dead and his friend tries to wake him up. Oh, oh every time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. And also the Ewoks oh. have got really good traps as well, haven't they? With the, the scout walkers. Mm. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're smart. Speaking of the Jub Jub song. Oh, yeah. The like, original. It's unforgivable that he cut it out of the remake or the special edition. But the big feast at the end, they're all celebrating, banging the Stormtroopers' skulls. What do you think they're eating there? <laughs> they're, they're, they're eating roasted Stormtrooper who they have cooked alive. Porgs, surely. Oh, God, I forgot about them. Um, <laughs> well, you know, one actually, thing I'd like to remen- mention about Return of the Jedi, the music again, particularly in the throne room scene where Luke ooh, is like lost his temper ooh, and going for it. You actually ooh, think, yeah, again, jo- John Williams, you know, brilliant, just adds to it. And also Luke losing his temper, but pulling it back. So like, was that a yes from you, Tim? Oh, that's a hard yes, sorry. I've hard yes. Much more to say about uh, Jedi. John? Uh, yeah, um, quite simple, quite simply, yes. Um, because it's just, um, yeah, that pretty much uh, capped. Apparently, apparently, uh, they were Ewoks because they spent so much on, on the Wookiees for the holiday special, they couldn't afford them. Um, <laughs> no, the original, the original idea for the Ewok village was going to be a Wookiee village, um, on Endor or maybe even Kashik. Um, so um, they were down, downsized due to budgetary cuts, and not not merchandising. They can apparently sell. not. Oh, apparently, I, they I, were I, always. I, I, I thought it was because they couldn't find enough tall people to play Wookies, and then they just had a load of short people, so they got them in. Yeah, quite 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 possibly. Um, no, I think this uh, this is a this is a uh, a threequel which other films other film series have tried to. Um, tried to model on and haven't quite got it to work. Wasn't this supposed to be the uh, basically? This was supposed to be the ending of uh, Empire Strikes Back, but um, they actually just wrote more plot, something like that. So it actually ended yeah, up being really? three films instead of two. Yeah, apparent apparently. So um, yes, it's a yes. It's a yes from me. And just quickly, as we're going back to the Last Jedi, the Porgs are only there because they couldn't get rid of the puffins on that damned island. So they made a feature of them instead. Yeah, they took lemons and made lemonade. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. Thank you, John. Uh, Chris, Return of the Jedi. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the one I remember watching the most growing up. Um, And uh, yeah, it's what's not to to love about the original version. It's great. Cool. Thank you. Great end to the trilogy. Be a yes from me as well. My favourite bit actually is Jabba's Palace. Absolutely love Jabba's Palace. Love Jabba the Hutt. But that Rancor. Whole... Yeah, the Rancor. Scene. Oh, I love the bit I... where the Rancor keeper is like has to, has to be consoled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he loves his he's, Rancor he's, so much. He's lost his pet. Yeah, because Rancors start little. You see it in um, 
don't know if it's Clone Wars or the Rebels, um, but you see like little rancors and then they grow mm. up. And, like, yeah, um, absolutely love uh, Jabba's Palace. Love Jabba. Um, Shame about Boba. From... But then we've got the book of Boba Fett now. So, what's going to be in the <laughs> rancors pit? That's why I want to know. Have you have you not watched the first two episodes? First episode, I'm, I'm I haven't seen two yet. No, you, I'm you guessing might, you find out. Well, You've got something, I'll, something I'll, to I'll look forward to. I'll say okay. no more. Cool. Um, that's cool. five, so, then, is it? That's one, two, three, four, five that's on five. the list. <gasps> yeah, Ooh. we have. So, Tim, have you got another one for us? We'll make it up to um, well, seven. Well, I was going to do Jedi, but um, I'm going to throw another... This will be a heavy lift. I'm going to stick up for Attack of the Clones. Oh, I thought it was going to go solo. That's all right. No. Go on, then, Tim. Give us, give us the good Clones. bits. So it's where the prequels started to get good. <laughs> Looking at Johnson's face and his documents. So, so it starts with a uh, assassination plot, Anakin all grown up, and him and Obi Wan are like these cool Jedi's and they're like going missions. And what do I love? I'm going to be quick. What do I love? But the best thing about it, this is where the wider mythology becomes real. This is where the prequels become start to become linked to the main uh, body of Star Wars. So you start to see the design come in. But the best thing about it is Palpatine's plan is starting to come together. And the evil genius Palpatine is, he has engineered the situation where whoever wins or whoever loses, he wins. So on one hand, he's convinced the Jedi to like take this clone army and fight one war. Then he's got the Trade Federation with their droids fighting another war. And whoever wins or whoever loses, he ends up winner. Um, so yeah, this is the start of the Clone Wars, start of the whole Wilder mythology. Um, there are lots of unintentionally hilarious bits in it, mostly involving Anakin trying to woo Amidala. Twenty-year-old <laughs> hasn't been in that situation. <laughs> I mean, he—it's he, it, quite unconvincing that you would fall for him, but there was one unintentionally hilarious bit in when I watched in the cinema where we all laughed. Um, the scene where he's trying to woo her and they're having dinner together and she's wearing a very, very slicky, sexy dress and she rejects his advantage or his advances. The next scene, he's lying in bed uh, with no shirt on, tossing and turning. And the whole cinema pissed yeah. himself laughing because it looked like he was definitely wielding his lightsaber. <laughs> Scratching Yoda behind the ears. <laughs> Petting his rancor. Um, <laughs> but Polishing worse is... Pulling the ears off his own gundark. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the scene after that? Um, it's the next morning and Am- Amidala goes, or Padme goes, oh, I heard you tossing and turning last night. He goes, yes, yes, I had a vision. And then <laughs> I saw my mother on the whole cinema. Just <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's great. It's... The start of the Clone Wars, it start, it, it's like where the Stormtroopers come from, where the Death Star comes from, where Boba Fett comes from. It's the origin story. Mace Windu gets a purple lightsaber. One, it's great. John, is it great? Uh, Yo- Yoda, is a, Yoda is a faker. Oh, I didn't even mention Christopher Lee. Yeah. Well, it's not Christopher um, Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christopher Lee, the one who actually said, "I want my I want my lightsaber grip to be like this because this is my real fencing grip." 
yeah um right uh yeah yoda is a complete and utter faker he's been walking around with a stick for a movie and a half and then all of a sudden he's jumping around like a like a monkey um i yes there is a lo- there's lots to not like um but actually overall i think this actually fits um right in the mythology i think uh, yeah the love love story as we've said george can't do love um, but having said that, um, I think the uh, the politics of it actually starts coming together, and um, the action se- action is uh, very good as well. So yes, cool. I'll say yes. Thank you. Um, I would say no. It's the first Star Wars movie that I'd watched that disappointed me. There was bits that I like. Um, I liked Django Fett, um, but yeah, I, I yeah, the, some of the dialogue that he had them say. Uh, this is Jedi business. Go back to your drinks. Uh, it's yeah, it's not my fave, so it's a no from me. Uh, Chris, uh, despite having a signed copy uh, of Attack of the Clones by Christopher Lee, um, no, I uh, I don't like this film. Sorry. Cool, Tony. You get the deciding vote. Would Attack of the Clones make a top initial seven of best Star Wars movies? How's this issues this film? However, I am an unapologetic prequel apologizer. So, <laughs> unapologetic <laughs> apologizer. <laughs> that means you hate that I'm confused. Yes. Sorry. Um, I think Hayden Christian gets up, gets a hard time. Um, I don't think it was a massive, um, you know, I don't, I don't, sorry, I don't think it was probably an easy role to do. And, you know, the expectations he probably had on his shoulders with him. Amazingly, apparently he was hired because of his chemistry with Natalie Portman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you couldn't tell. But I, th- I think John and Tim have got some good points that I agree with. I enjoyed it. Would I have done things differently? Probably. Um, but I'm a yes. Yes, it makes the list. Hey, I got one. Well done, Tim. You. you got one on. Wow. Everybody's got one on the list. So that's, that's democracy, isn't it? Um, so we've got six. Chris, is there a seventh movie that we should put on this list? Uh, the I've, I've got, um, well, yes, uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, I think is, is better. But, um, oh, no, I'm, uh, my number four, Revenge of the Sith is not my number six. Uh, my number four is The Force Awakens. Um, I think this was a, a really good um start to a second trilogy uh third trilogy sorry um but uh yeah it it started off really strong great new characters um great story a really good way of reintroducing the original cast and integrating them with a newer younger cast um uh, granted it rehashes the plot of um a new hope with a with a new death star um, but Kylo Ren is amazing. Ray is brilliant. Um, the the fight sequences are awesome. It looks amazing. The cinematography is fantastic. Uh, the music is good. Um, I, just uh, going into to the cinema, uh, I had such high expectations, like I did with the Phantom Menace. But I was not disappointed. At all, I I really enjoyed Force Awakens, um, and it's just a shame that 
it didn't go in the direction I was hoping it would at the end of the film. Cool. That's John, The Force um, Awakens. The, yeah, The Force Awakens is number five on my, uh, on my top five. Um, yes, it's a carbon copy of A New Hope, um, but um, I have problems with the fact that Rey seems to grasp her Jedi powers very, very quickly. Um, and I love the fact that she tells James Bond to leave leave his gun and and walk away. Kylo Ren Ren works. I won't say he's he's a brilliant character in this. Um, I think there could have been, I think there was a lot more that could have been made. I think Finn, I think, I think Phasma is the biggest disappointment. And I think Finn, needed more to do or needed more agency apart from that and this, much... you know, the, the, the sequel films though didn't he i mean like yeah, at least the oh, no, they, they, they killed his character in the sequel films um uh so um yeah i think it goes on it, it's my number five it's on the top it's in my top seven so yes uh, Tim, Force Awakens. Oh, uh, an easy yes. I think it's the best of the sequel sequels. Uh, yeah, um, it did the thing Star Wars did is like you instantly love and like these characters. Uh, uh, John Boyega is amazing. He's like, it's cool and like really poorly served in the rest of the sequels. But um, I love Kylo Ren. I think it's really good. Like, it is an angry, petulant teenage Darth Vader. He's got like an angry, fiery, uh, he's like a lightsaber a teenage boy would uh, choose. With like, <laughs> oh, let's make it a big broadsword. It's fiery. Um, yeah, it's been uh, really pleased with the first time I saw it and enjoyed it more the second time. So it, it, it aged as well. So yes, it's a hard yes for me. Um, I'm going to go next. Um, it's my number seven. So I'd say yes as well. I, I wish we had more Luke Skywalker. I, I just think we should have introduced him sooner. And Mark Mark Hamill, when he read the script, he thought the bit that his character was going to be introduced in was, you know, when they're fighting in the woods and yes. the lightsaber goes flying past, oh. okay, flying past. Who's it fly past? Flies oh, past. And it both Ky- Kylo Ren and Ray. Yeah. But then... Um, who catches oh. it? Ray catches it, doesn't she? Yeah. Ray catches yes. it. In the script, when he was reading that, Mark Hamill thought that that was then him. That would have been brilliant. That would have been awesome. That would well, have made it, wouldn't it? That would have made but it. Then, um, I think this was going to be Han Solo's movie, and then the sequel's oh. going to be Luke's movie. And then I guess the final movie is going to be Leia's, but then tragically yeah. she died. Yeah, well, so they would kill them in all of them, and that's what pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, the, the anticipation... Sorry, they are they're old characters. So actually, being the end being the end of their life cycle actually would what actually would make sense. Space constipation. <laughs> I mean, Tony uh, Han, uh, Harrison Ford has wanted to be killed off since Empire Strikes Back. That's so, true, but, but Harrison, is- <laughs> I, I I thought that's the best scene in the movie. The, the, the way that the light changes. Um, as it gets dark, it turn, all turns red, and and you know something sinister is going to happen. But then, like he, he you think he's had a change of heart because he's like he's welling up. He's like, I, I I know what I need to do, but I don't know if I've got the strength to do it. And then, ah, oh my god, it's brilliant! Yeah. It is oh, a great scene. But that bit, I, so it's a yes from me. 
Tony? Well, I mean, obviously it's going on the list. Just what I'd say. I did enjoy it and, um, you know, I, I rate it quite highly. I'm going to say no because I think Revenge of the Sith des- deserves above The Force Awakens uh, because I think well, Revenge of the can, Sith has music. Can, can, I, think, I think it has the best lightsaber fight, personally. And Can, just can I just music. jump in then, Tony? Sorry, sorry. If Can we all agree that Revenge of the Sith should get added to the seven? Because I have it on my list as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. No, this is the Black Hawk Down any, moment. This is, yeah, Black Hawk Down moment. Does everyone else have it? Uh, yeah, I'll go Revenge of the Sith. John, what did you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the... I'm saying no, but does that discount it for you, the Black Hawk? It's up to you, Ollie. It's up to you. I'll, I'll stick it on and then we'll have a list of eight. Yeah. And then we'll have to whittle that down. So Revenge yeah. of the Sith. We have, we have eight. Force Awakens is our seventh. Revenge of the Sith is would be our is the mythical uh, mythical unicorn. So the only the only one that was nominated that didn't make the list was The Last Jedi. That's because we all love Star- all Star Wars movies are great. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. I just can't say no. So uh, as as the host of this one, I, I will allow Revenge of the Sith. It's not on my list, but we've we've got we've now got a list of eight. The only one. Notable mention for me that I'd have liked on there. It's in my top five. Was Solo. I just thought that movie. I enjoyed um, Solo a lot. Yeah, going into it, there were certain things that I knew that I wanted to see. I wanted to see Han meet Chewie. I wanted to see Han win the Millennium Falcon. I wanted to see the Kessel Run. I wanted to see all these things. That that's what Star Wars was so good at was hinting at this huge wider universe just in little bits of dialogue. And we've criticised George Lucas's dialogue writing, but that's what he's really good at. He, he he builds such a huge universe just by little kind of snippets. You look strong enough to build, pull the ears off a Gundark. We've mentioned pulling off Gundarks. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Solo, it hit all those notes for me that um, I wanted it to. And I for me, it. Solo, I wanted to see all those things happen as well, but me, they're, just, they're just not well written enough. Like, you know you want Han to win the Millennium Falcon off Lando, and they, could, they could do anything with that, but they just do a card game, and they're better. It was going to be if that's how he won it, though. That's, yeah, that's that. how he said he won it. Um, the, th- the thing, the thing with Solo is, is it's actually a pretty, it's a very good Star Wars story. My only problem is the fact that I think it was ha- Solo was characterized wrong. I, I think well, I young, think so, young, so, young. So, I quite like. Yeah, but I, ju- I just he just didn't he just didn't fit for me at, as growing into that's the thing Han. compared to Harrison Ford. It's like recasting Indiana Jones, isn't it? It's like yeah, but I, it, it's just the, the character beats didn't quite work for me. River Phoenix into Harrison Ford, I could take. Oh yeah, this this yeah, character didn't feel didn't feel didn't feel right. Right, are we are we ready yep. to? Uh, we are. We're gonna every. We're gonna go around. So we've got a list of eight now. Everybody's gonna say the film that doesn't deserve to be on the list. Um, so we've got a new hope, Rogue One, The Empire Strikes Back, Phantom Menace, Return of the Jedi, Attack of the Clones, The Force Awakens, and Revenge of the Sith. Tony, what doesn't deserve to be on that list? Um, Rogue One. <laughs> cool, uh, Tim. It's one I nominated. I'm gonna say. No, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Sith, okay. Uh, Chris? Phantom Menace. And John? I'm going to say Phantom Menace as well, actually. 
Phantom Menace as well. I would have said Revenge of the Sith. So that means, Tony, you get to choose (laughs) whether Sith, Revenge of the Sith or The Phantom Menace doesn't make the cut so far. The Phantom Menace, I'm afraid, then does not make the cut. So Phantom Menace is number eight. So then with two nominations, Revenge of the Sith is there. Is there anything that deserves to be... So I I said... I'll say Attack of the Clones then, because I think Revenge of the Sith is a better film than Attack of the Clones. Well, I, we've I, got your we've got your nomination of Rogue One, so I'm oh, going to go to <laughs> I'm going to go to Chris. What would you be your next At, Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones and John. Yeah, I'm going to say Attack of the Clones as well. So that makes Attack of the Clones number seven. I've already said Sith. Tim, you've already said Sith. Tony's already said Rogue One. Chris, what would be next for you? This is for number six. Yeah. 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 Revenge of the Sith. Sith. So that probably puts that definitely puts Revenge of the Sith there. John, what would have been your next nomination? Yeah, Sith. Cool. That's that's where it is. It's cemented in. Tony's already said Rogue One. Tim, what would be your next lowest ranked film on that list? I'm gonna say Rogue One because the first half of it isn't that good, but the second half is amazing. So Rogue, I'm so Rogue One. Rogue. That has two votes now. Chris, what would be next? For Rogue you? One. Rogue One. So that puts Rogue One there. John, what would you have said? Force Awakens. So Rogue One is number five. I would have said, what would I have said? You're going to hate me. I'd have said a new hype. I've just got other movies above it. I've got Rogue One above it. OMG. Anyway, Rogue One's there. So... I've said a new hope. Tony, what would be your next least favourite now that Rogue One's on the list? The Force Awakens, then. Force Awakens. Oh, no, I'd have said that. I'd have said that, what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes three votes. So John says Force Awakens. Chris, what would you say? Force Awakens. And Tim? Yeah, much as I love it, I can't put it above the original three. So, yeah, Force Awakens. Force Awakens, I, I'm, I'm I, with you on that. I have I'm to say, this on the is list. so far the most in sync whittle down we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? So f- that makes Force Awakens number four. So number three, I would say A New Hope. Uh, Tony, what would you say is number three? This is where it gets oh. tense. Oh, it's that, I mean, I, I, I class them all on the same level virtually. Um, but, but <laughs> um, I'll say the Empire. <gasps> Ooh. Tony said Empire. Uh, uh, Tim? Oh, you're making me choose between Atlas and speeder bikes. Um, oh, speeder bikes, speeder bikes. I'm going to... Oh, yeah, I'm going to put Return of the Jedi next. Jedi. Uh, John? It hurts. Uh, it hurts. Jedi. John says Jedi. And Chris, what would you have said? Jedi. Jedi. So that makes Jedi, Return of the Jedi, is number three. Oh, so I've man. already said The New Hope. Tony's already so, said Empire. Tim. Well, well now, on, we do, on, now we do our, What's number, our one? number one. So we vote for our number one? one out of the two. So out, out of, gone and Tony, out of Empire and A New Hope, what is number one? You have. Tony says A New Hope. Tim? Oh. 
he's got to be a new hope. It's two votes for new hope. Chris. Empire. Empire. John. <laughs> oh, God, no. Empire. <gasps> I get to decide. <laughs> How good is this? And I already have. Yeah. So that puts a new hope at number two. And Empire Strikes Back oh. is our favourite collective Star Wars movie for the Five on Film podcast. Play the Play fanfare. the sting! <laughs> Cool. Brilliant. Well, thank you, guys. Um, should we do a rundown? Um, We've got... Go on, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to dash off. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us. Was there anything else you wanted to okay. say before you go, Chris? No, no. All, all good. And, uh, well, it, my actual top six is exactly how we voted for it. Congratulations. <laughs> good effort well there. Done. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye. Uh, I'll, I'll just give it a, a quick rundown of the... Of the top eight it ended up being which oh, we'll do the top five so number five we had rogue one number four we had the force awakens number three was return of the jedi number two a new hope and our favorite star wars movie is the empire strikes back um paul he sent me his list of his top five would anybody hit, like to hear yeah em- emperor paul patine's um <laughs> top top five one sec um, so I, I liked Paul's list. His favourite was Rogue One. Uh, number two, wow. he has Return of the Jedi. Uh, number three, Empire Strikes Back. Number four, A New Hope. And Solo was in his top five. Uh, Solo mm-hmm. was in my okay. top five wow. as well. That's, I mean, so, uh, Solo is great, but Rogue One, number one, that is massively cool. It's a good movie. It is a good yeah, movie. Yeah, but, but, but Paul's very contrary anyway. Yeah, I know, he, I know he loved it. I remember seeing him after he saw it, and he said he loved it. Tony, is there anything else? Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming on Five on Film oh, for the first time. Is there anything Absolutely. else you'd like to add? Like to say, Revenge of the Sith should have been in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim, him about Reza Skywalker, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention that, did we? No, there was a reason get... why we didn't mention that. <laughs> I mean, I watched it last night. It wasn't as bad as I remember. I enjoyed it at the time. I just wish that those three movies had an arc. I just wish yeah, that it, it there kind is of a movie, There is, yeah. The pro- the problem I have is the fact that there is a movie missing. So even if you go from Last Jedi to Rise of Star- Skywalker, there is a movie missing which actually tells you who half those people are in the final film. And it's it's like it, it's like they kind of went, uh, JJ, we need JJ back to do the final to do the final film and he went well that's my plot i'm just going to lose that i was going to do yeah i mean he had a lot of work to do didn't he He had a lot to kind of patch you know was disturbing when billy d williams is sitting down with um the girl that is essentially his daughter in the film but they decided to cut that bit of the plot out yeah there is like i say there is a i mean like the knights of wren you don't really see the knights of wren yeah i mean yeah it's a shame that you didn't make more of that and like so, Disney for Disney Plus have announced the Lando series, but we still don't know who's going to be Lando. Whether it's going to be Donald Glover or whether it's going to be Billy D. Williams, whether it's going to be a mixture of both. Whether like in Solo, when he's kind of recording to his little um, dictaphone, like the Lando Chronicles, 
yeah so you could have a bit of both can you which which oh, i think would be great it would be... i like don glover he was he was good uh... yeah um but for me like in the force awakens when they kind of they, they send kind of poe don't they to go and get some information as to whereabouts of luke skywalker they send yeah. poe to go and see somebody to, to collect them well, max, but, max Vans, um i can never pronounce this surname max von Sydow. yeah so max von Sydow, yeah brilliant actor Lovely guy, nice, nice bit in the movie. But for me, that would have been better if, if that was Lando. But that is that for me, that should have been Lando, and that kind of that tie, ties everything together a bit more nicely. I, just, I don't know. I just, I just, found, I just found the the um, Rise of Skywalker in particular. It was, it was lips. It was very much lip service to a story that they would they were trying to tell. It, just, it happened so fast and over such a short time period as well. I mean, in this case, and they were doing things in that in those uh, films which theoretically shouldn't be possible, like uh, light speed skipping and things like that. He should have ended up going through oh, a couple of asteroid well, or two. Also, surely because of the last uh, last Jedi, they could have done exactly the same thing that um, Admiral Hondo, or whatever her name was, you know, the hyperdrive leaping through the fleet, and also they could have destroyed both Death Stars with that technique oh, i'm sure yeah. thought of it before yeah i think it's a bit different when you're trying to do it to a planet size because i quite like last jedi I spend the first third of the movie because like fanboys complain about last jedi they have to spend the first third doing like this hard handbrake turn to like forget everything that happened in the last movie we're going to do mm. this new movie now yeah, yeah that, that, that pissed me off even more and it was like yeah. I didn't like the Last Jedi. In fact, at least it's commit to it. Movie, but just lean into it, right? And <laughs> build something at least interesting rather than rehash Return of the Jedi again. Yeah, well, it's just it, I, I just, I just found it. It felt very lazy, and the fact that it, the fact it was the Emperor again, it just really didn't work for me. And, no, I liked that Emperor was I back, like, but I, I didn't like the face off at the end. It just didn't. It didn't work for me. Her, like, her and him. I, I like the improvement back, but I think it was done in the wrong way. And also, like the, the whole. Those seeds should have been planted, shouldn't they? Earlier, you should, yeah. they should have. Yeah. I, mean, I, I like that we're getting like the Mandalorian and the Book of Effects. The Mandalorian sort of is making that make more sense that the Emperor was back. I like that it's it's helping to kind of repair and give you the missing information, so that when you watch it again, it isn't just somebody going. Somehow the emperor's back. You're you're getting kind of the little bits of information that explain how that possibly could have happened. I I, I like that about that. Well, I think that's I, why the whole return of Luke Skywalker in it, right? Yeah, maybe. John John, John Favreau and um, Dave Filoni. They should just give them the keys to Star Wars, shouldn't they? Yeah. Just yeah. I mean, they, nothing what, what, gets out unless it's gone past Dave Filoni and John Favreau and me. <laughs> I'll happily join that list as well. <laughs> Get me to give it the okay. I'll go and live in San Francisco. Where, no, where are they? Yeah, uh, Marin yeah. County, isn't it? Northern. Yeah. Are they on Skywalker? Yeah. Um, um, it's really impressive how much of Carrie Fisher they managed to get into it, but it's so clunky and cut and paste. And like, I think it you would watch been it better. knowing that, don't you? You watch it. Well, kind of yeah, that. It would have been a much better movie. Much better movie if, it, if the opening scroll at the start had said. Princess Leia is dead, and the movie had started with her funeral, and she just died from her injuries from being sucked into the vacuum of space in the last movie. Because then that would be like a really hard punch at the start of the movie. 
and then they could have had a plot for the next two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I I have to say that um, when it comes to the special effects, they should really stop trying to paste people's younger faces onto other people yeah. because they Apart can't. Apart that, like, uh, a bit in. The Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, they've got. I mean, the, well, the, but the, what they, the, um, the, the, I just like that he was in it with the lightsaber. But but then there was a guy on the internet that did it even better, and then Lucasfilm hired him. Yes, yeah. um, but I mean, in in, in uh, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, there's uh, Luke and Leia sparring doing the training, and they I get think it worked the quite Luke, well though. They get the Luke flashback, but, but yeah, but the thing is. They don't get Carrie Fish. They don't get Carrie Fisher's layer face right. It just it does look a bit um, hard. I agree with you. Yeah. That. Anyway, John, anything else to add on this epic Star Wars episodes that we've done? Um, if you watch the final scroll, you will be able to see that our socials are at Five on Film Podcast. Um, email us at five on film uh, five on film podcast at gmail.com. Uh, check us check us out um on facebook instagram and twitter we do try um, we need to try harder the more you interact uh the more we'll do um we're trying to do um other things as well uh such as our um uh our christmas special um about the christmas special uh please make that worth a while uh, <laughs> um, we're also um, doing trying to do um, reviews as well of films that are just coming out. Um, let us know what you want. Um, if you if you find us on YouTube, please think about finding us on your podcasts um, on Spotify or Apple or um, on your podcast scraper of choice. And if you're listening to us on those, feel feel free to find us um, on YouTube and watch us in real life. We look pretty. Thank you very much. <laughs> Over to you, Ollie. Could I suggest one a five uh, five on film? Ghostbusters. Are you reviews? Um, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Sorry, it'd be a top four, wouldn't it? Well, well, I think there's an yeah. I think there's an essay in that. There is. I mean, you could count the real Ghostbusters cartoon series. It's not been. It's not had a theatrical release, has it? No. Okay. I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll get get back. Um, Brilliant. Thank you for joining us for this uh, Star Wars episode of Five on Film. It's been my favourite one to do because they're my favourite movies. Thank you for watching. Keep watching, keep listening and talk to us and we'll see you soon. Move along. All views expressed in this podcast are that of the individual and do not represent the views of any entity whatsoever which they have been or will be affiliated with in the future.